Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the JLL Investors Perspectives Podcast. I'm Art Patnode, your host, joining you from the confines of my home in Singapore as we continue to embrace life in this next normal. Today, we're talking about people heading back to the office after lockdown, because who isn't? But specifically, we're going to find out what this means for investors in Asia Pacific. I'm joined by Tim Graham, head of capital strategies in this region at JLL. As a fellow resident in Singapore, Tim's joining us today from his home office. Hi, Tim. Hi, Art. Uh, just real quick, I'm wondering, you know, we're both at home today. What's the one thing you miss most about the office? It's uh, it's a tough one. There are many. Uh, I would say that, you know, the camaraderie with with colleagues and, and, and clients is, is hard to beat. So, yeah, looking forward to having that interaction again. I feel the same way. And I find in conversation few people who say anything different. As we start this conversation, I think the good news is that several markets have implemented a phased return to offices. You know, while others are moving into planning mode, at least to reopen commercial properties as and when the governments allow investors must be asking this question. What does reentry mean for us? Uh, and so my first question for you, Tim, is what are investors thinking about as people head back to the office? Well, look, I think certainly over the last few weeks, we've noticed a, a subtle change in sentiment across the region from our clients. You know, we're certainly not in full recovery mode yet, but I think you know, it's fair to say there's been a notable uptick in some of the work across the region. That's very closely tied with economic activity. And obviously, we've seen a lot of those markets, as you say, start to physically reopen. So I think if you look at mainland China, Hong Kong, South Korea have all been very active. And increasingly, Japan, Singapore, we've seen more activity. Uh, I would also add that in Australia, there's been quite a lot happening. And I think probably more so than, than people imagine in, in a lot of these markets. So, you know, there's a lot to be excited about. And as I said, we spend a lot of our time speaking to the key regional capital. And a lot of these conversations have shifted away from the initial understanding of, of what the impact has been to their portfolios on COVID to having that kind of laser focus on spotting new opportunities and new deals. And I think, you know, we will start to see deal flow materially increase. You know, is this phased reopening that you mentioned, is this going to prompt investors to start deploying capital? Well, I think that there has been a lot of capital already being deployed. And I think certainly that the stats that we have put out over Q1 show that volumes are, are down, but there has been a lot happening behind the scenes. And the main noticeable trait that we've seen is that investors have, have been calm, they've been measured, but equally they're looking for value and pricing that accordingly. You know, on our deals, we have been getting deals done and we will continue to do so as markets reopen. And it's been a real focus on direct impact that, that that has had to deal flows and volumes as market and some borders reopen. So I think we're going to start seeing a lot more activity in the second half of the year. We've been working very closely with our occupational colleagues and our research colleagues in terms of data points in those markets. You know, I think that is going to be a, a very strong prelude to activity. And I would also add, uh, that you know, we've seen very few signs of distress. It's often a word that, that comes up in conversation. The markets that we operate in have largely been resilient across the region. You know, certainly there are a lot of domestic capital which have been pretty strong. So, you know, a lot of these investors that we see being active are they're well capitalized. They've got medium to long term horizons, and you know, very few of them are under short term pressure to sell. It's been interesting to see how this crisis plays out and kind of the impact 
on the markets. I'm not sure it's exactly what we expected. As clarity emerges, I'm just kind of wondering what's the next step for investors? What exactly do you expect investors to do? Yeah, well, clearly, as as borders open up, people start returning to work. Deals will be easier to carry out due diligence. Uh, Travel should, in theory, become easier. You know, I think let's not forget our clients invest in real estate to generate income and generate capital return. That is fundamental. We've had a a strong focus on asset management, and I think that that will remain key to both the creation and and preservation of value. Having defensive portfolios uh, that generate that strong underlying rental income is key. So the way I look at it is from an economic standpoint, investors are waiting for signs of green shoots. We've seen that starting to appear across the region. It's country by country, sector by sector. And clearly there'll be a focus on new deals in terms of underwriting where the growth will come from. We're fortunate, as I said, to have great research insights from our teams across the region. Dislocation initially was very much visible in in the equity markets, but we've seen clearly a lot of government stimulus reactions and across Asia Pacific, the REITs, despite falling 25% in March, recovered sharply uh, in April and May and and are up by 14 to 15%. So I think ultimately that long-term view is going to influence decision-making. Yeah, it's been interesting to see those REITs come back so strongly. You touched on dislocation, distress. In these markets, investors start maybe looking and organizing strategies slightly differently. I'm just wondering, what opportunities are the investors looking for at the moment? Good question. Look, I think to put it in context, we've seen very strong levels of fundraising for Asia-Pacific strategies over the last few years. If we look at the dry powder that is sitting there waiting to be deployed, it's in the region of 40 billion US dollars. In the context of the wider macro environment, clearly we've got ultra-low global interest rates. We've got negative bond yields in some markets, volatile equity markets. So I I truly think that real estate will benefit from those themes as more people look for income-producing assets and clearly the relative stability of the asset class. We've seen a lot of focus on industrial, logistics, core offices and the living sectors, multifamily, you know, as well as a lot of other defensive alternative asset classes. So, you know, one thing I'd say, Art, is that we've seen a lot of traditional deal flow through as traditional investment sales. And I think that will still be the case. But we're also seeing a lot of opportunities in corporate finance, fundraising, debt and joint ventures. I think we're we're gonna see probably more sale and leasebacks as well appear in Asia Pacific as we go through the next six to 12 months. Uh, and that's primarily driven by corporates who, who look to monetize some of the assets that they hold on balance sheet. One thing that everybody's talking about with the global pandemic is how it's accelerating some of these trends or decelerating these trends that we were already seeing before. Digital transformation, e-commerce, flexible working policies. But are we seeing this or expecting to see this with investing as well? Yeah, absolutely. COVID-19 has certainly accelerated those trends and they were already gathering momentum prior to that. But if you look at the long term, demographic trends are going to continue to play out across the region. Things like rising urbanisation, growing populations, the rising middle class, these all have very important impacts on on our industry. And certainly technology, data, growth of e-commerce traffic is one example. I think the status of data centres, logistics, very much being seen as as part of an expanded defensive asset class by a lot of investors. So we will see an acceleration of these trends. And it's fair to say we will see investors look to, to increase the weighting of some of those sectors within their portfolios. That's interesting. Just to drill down into that, what kind of repositioning are you expecting here? 
Clearly, a lot of it is focused around diversification, and that will be absolutely critical. And I think the speed of COVID-19 and the onset of that, certainly the change to market sentiment was rapid and probably caught a few people off guard. And I think that really underlined the importance of geographic and sector diversification. So I think as you look at investors, and clearly they're going to look at risk mitigation purposes in terms of diversification. You know, We've been lucky to be involved in many of the large global cross-border deals. Um, I also think that logistics and data centers are going to continue to play out. You know, we've seen around 6 billion US of capital committed to those strategies in the last three months across the region. And certainly there's more to come. And global commercial real estate is largely driven by rising allocations to the sector. So we, we should see more capital allocated to real estate. So you mentioned, again, the geographic diversification. The state of globalization looms large these days. So are investors looking for more localized strategies? Yeah, given the travel restrictions, the ability to access new markets or overseas markets, investors are definitely looking at ways to deploy capital efficiently. And that has been done traditionally. A lot of investors have been focused on opening new offices in the target markets that they want to invest in. But equally, we've seen a a shift towards investing with funds and with managers who they've got good relationships with. Clearly, joint ventures, local strategies are going to continue to be a theme. Going to be very much around partnering up with groups that have that on the ground experience. It seems to me that so many conversations I have these days, as we talked, Tim, about at the beginning, is about this life getting back to normal, what normal will be. And this is a big public conversation around the future of the office. Is there going to be some crossover here as well? Look, I think it's still too early to predict the long-term impact on the demand for office space. And I think change to some extent is going to be inevitable. And I think arguably it may be welcome in some markets. Landlords and tenants are going to react to the government measures, things like safe distancing. And we're going to see a focus on high-quality offices, high-quality buildings, focus on wellness, technology. We're going to have to be all more adaptable to flexible working in the future. And I think certainly for our region, strength, the resilience of cities is going to continue to be a central theme for investors. Well, that comes back to that idea of that acceleration of some of these larger demographic trends. A final question. Does this return to the office equate to the start of a recovery period for the economy? Are these two linked? Yes, the recovery globally is going to continue some time. Looking at some of the markets in North Asia, as example, I think we're going to see activity in markets resume at their own pace and each economy will move at their own pace in terms of reopening international travel. We hope that all opens soon. And we're seeing encouraging signs from investors, I think, who are long term in nature, they're patient, but at the same time, they're being excited about the, the opportunities that they're seeing coming up. We have confidence. There's definitely focus in deploying that capital. And you know, certainly we're excited around working with a lot of our clients. You know, there is a lot to do and we're excited about the prospects for the rest of the year. Yeah, I can imagine there's a lot to do. Tim, thanks so much for joining us. Pleasure. I know I'm going to be following this closely. This intersection of the return to the office and what's happening in the markets, I think, is fascinating. Thank you very much. And thanks to all our listeners for joining today. We welcome your feedback on the views shared here and hope you'll join us on the next podcast. (laughs) 